0: I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk? Today, we're going to talk about patriots rising up, fighting fraud, Congressman Louie Gohmert, no election fraud recourse, Cruz's truth mission versus Romney's election dereliction, and House speech tyranny, and it's just step one. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. I am a man.
1: Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth.
0: And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's first five. If you watch all the time, you're thinking, hey, this isn't her studio. This is a studio I used to use at the same location, uh, Real News PR or Real News Communication Network, fabulous set of studios in Dallas, Texas, where I do my show. And over the last couple of years, or last year, we moved this show up to an upstairs studio. Today, they're having a little bit of challenge with the internet, so we're down here in my former studio, which is also a great studio to work in. And I want to really express gratitude for Real News PR, Real News Communication Network, that you know, even though we had a little bit of trouble getting organized today, getting going. Uh, here we are, We're rock and rolling on the show. Very, so my first five today, which are, they're just extremely serious times in America. I just want to give credit and praise to the American people and the, the number of people who are stepping up in a variety of ways and saying this election fraud will not stand one of the things i was going to do in today's show i've been back and forth with congressman louis gomer's office uh he was going to come on today and i guess there's still a slim chance he might call in but he got caught up on four votes today but he's discovering the same point i'm making in the first five and that is that the institutions of america are failing the american people the very institutions we trust they are supposed to protect us, protect the rule of law, protect the very justice system we have, are failing America. More on that in the next segment when I talk about Congressman Gomer's uh, lawsuits and where he, that all stands. But in the first five, I'll just tell you a couple of things happening. Of course, uh, everyone paying attention to politics knows that on Wednesday of this week, just two days from now, on January 6th, there will be millions of Americans on the streets in Washington, D.C., outside the Supreme Court, but more importantly outside Congress, demanding that Congress actually Pay attention to the massive election fraud in this country that just just obliterated any sense of a just election system in America. The 2020 elections, there will be people in Washington demanding that the House and Senate do more than just rubber stamp fraudulent electoral votes. That's the basic message of people in Washington demanding that Congress actually do something and actually look at. The votes that came in from, from the five or six extremely important states, I and mean, there was apparently election fraud in every state, but the five or six upon whom this entire election was going to turn, pressure on people in Washington to say you have to challenge those electoral votes. And the American people are rising up in large part because the system isn't functioning the way it's supposed to. Because the legislatures in the various states, they are not willing to dive in, to look at the actual evidence of fraud. They're unwilling to change their system or to recognize what went wrong in this system, to examine it. They're unwilling to get into the middle of the question of whether or not they actually have to uh, take back the electoral uh, votes that they cast at the Electoral College and appoint electors who are actually going to vote in a manner consistent with how the people in the state voted. legislators, state judges, everyone is unwilling to stand up. So I want to mention a couple things happening in this regard. Uh, One is, and these are just, it's a fabulous time to watch the American spirit front and center on stage, the spirit of the American people standing up and demanding that we have fairness in our elections. One thing that happened over the weekend on Saturday, there was a phone call uh, put on by a six person legal team, a six person legal team including Rudy Giuliani and Peter Navarro and they were on this call, this was a Zoom call on Saturday morning over 300 state senators and state representatives from the state legislatures around the country on a Zoom call, having Rudy Giuliani, Peter Navarro, and other elect, uh, experts, uh, two, four or more experts, explaining to them how the election fraud happened in this election cycle. And this is really important. I wanted to say this about that. The, you know, most of us have never been in elected office. We have not pursued elective office. We maybe don't even know any state senators, state reps, or U.S. congressmen. We can tend to put them on a pedestal and assume they know more than they do. We can seem as though we're putting them on a pedestal so that we assume all these state legislators who have validated, who have certified electors, well, they must be experts. They must know what they're talking about. They must know the election system in their state. So, you know, if they certify the elections in their states, then really, probably the people challenging the elections are wrong or off base. But the fact is, many people who are noble and honest and serve as members of the state house or the state senate and the the legislatures around this country, they aren't election experts. Many of them probably never even worked an election as an election judge or a clerk or a poll watcher. These are people who ran for office and they may have expertise in the areas they care about like maybe they're good with tax law, maybe they're good with farming law, maybe they're good with all sorts of kind of law but they're not election law experts. Their role, had the election system function the way it was supposed to, should be largely, maybe not entirely ceremonial, but their role is to assume the the Department of Elections in their states functioned according to the law, the election was uh, carried out in accordance with law, with honesty, with with, clean voter rolls, all the things you hope exist. So these legislators, You know, they were being asked a lot by the American people who were standing up and demanding that the election fraud of this cycle be exposed and overturned. A lot of them wouldn't necessarily know how or what do you look for? How do you know? How do we know in our states if this happened or not? So this was a great thing, great service. Again, Americans standing up, Peter Navarro, Rudy Giuliani, and four other people, an expert legal team explaining to them on the Zoom call, here's what to look for. Here's how they pulled off the fraud. Here's what they did. It was a great, great thing. American patriots standing up. uh, And so we're talking about Congress and Pence in just a moment. Um, There was also, uh, in the state of Louisiana, um, there was a, uh, a message sent by a group of Republican legislators in Louisiana sending an instruction or a request, actually, to the Louisiana delegation in Congress saying, please, please do not allow this fraudulent election to stand. Do not allow the fraudulent electors to stand. Please don't do this. As I say, we'll get to Pence in one more, in one more moment. Mounds of new data, by the way. In fact, it was 24 Louisiana state reps urging their GOP congressional delegation to reject the Biden-Harris electors. 24 of them in Louisiana letting their own members of Congress know, please don't validate this. Um, lots of new uh, data election out of um, georgia uh but the one more piece i want to tell you about that's just really interesting in terms of people standing up before i turn to this great video a little video of the the america just kind of the spirit of america we now have 400 400 ex-intelligence officers people formerly with the military the part of the u.s intelligence community the military law enforcement judiciary have bounded together binded together and are now engaged in investigating election irregularities. And you know, they have to do that. They are stepping up, because the people who are supposed to do that are not doing their job. We don't have enough people in the various states willing to actually investigate the fraud. And this does, of course, gas around to what's going to happen in Congress on January 6th when the joint session happens. And in that joint session, of course, you're going to have Vice President Pence serves as the President of the Senate because he is the sitting U.S. Vice President. He's the President of the Senate. He oversees the hearing on January 6th, the meeting of the joint session House and Congress to uh, review the electoral votes. And so that's what's going to happen January 6. But what you have, as I start, as I said at the start of this first five, you have Americans from around this country planning to go to Washington to stand guard. And they are really standing up for America, standing outside the United States Congress and saying, we demand justice. We demand you do not humor this fraud. To that end, there is a uh, reporter type person who's been interviewing people who are making a trip to Washington. And I'm going to play a little clip, I sent it to Matthew, the Very Wonderful, uh, before the show started today. Um, this is just a, it's called a citizen, this one guy, uh, he's, his involvement, he, he refers to the caption, let's roll, let's go do this. I want to play this guy uh, speaking and then talk, give a few, uh, a few comments about that after he's done telling you why he's in the let's roll movement
1: we are headed to washington dc to make sure that this beautiful document right here is honored our constitution for we the people because clearly people have forgotten what the forefathers and the framers of this were intending for this country when they wanted men to be free we gotta pound the pavement and raise our voice for freedom not just for donald trump but for the constitution for us our grandkids our great grandkids if we don't stop the destruction and the dismantling of what our forefathers meant this country is never going to look like what it was supposed to look like. So that's why we're going, man. We're going up there to support Donald Trump. We're going up there to encourage the senators, um, don't let it go past your floor. Argue the point. Stand up if there's fraud and you see any, just a little bit of fraud. That's it. That's all it takes is a little bit. Lying is lying, thieving is thieving, both of which God doesn't want to have anything to do with. So I hope you all don't mind me saying that, you know, so we've got to be up there to say no, no, we want truth. So it's no to the lie and it's yes to the truth. And if they don't do that, then they have us the people to answer for. And maybe they'll answer now. With people going to their, their offices and to their, their state representative and to the capitals, you know, we're going to, as soon as we get back from Washington, D.C., we're going to turn around on the 9th and be in Austin at a rally in Austin, you know, because it's, it's not just about Donald Trump. It's about you guys are not standing up and doing what you were elected to do. You weren't elected to represent my single viewpoint or your or her single viewpoint. You were elected so that men and women could come together with good ideas and let the greater ideas win. And you're not doing that and so you're not defending this and you're not defending your state constitutions when you do that. You're acting as a rogue. And if you're a rogue, then you're treasonous. And if you're treasonous, you don't need to be in power because rot just begets rot and we don't need that.
0: Okay, so this is, I will tell you a couple of things about this guy. I don't know him, obviously. He and his wife were driving cross country. This uh, reporter caught up with them in some rest stop in Tennessee on their way from Texas to Washington to make their presence known in the U.S. Congress. And I just want to say something about, I am very aware how the elite media in this country the elite, you know, ruling class, Washington Post, New York Times, highfalutin, NBC, CNN type people would look at a gentleman like that. You know, he's a common American. He, you know, he, in fact, I didn't play this sec- section, but he's a construction worker. He's a he's a supervisor in a construction company. You know, simple job, Heartland America. He's got three kids. He mentions this before they go before the portion I played for you. This is Heartland America. This is your average Joe American, very politically engaged, very aware that the country is watching the theft of an election and they're not going to take it sitting down. They're simply not going to take it sitting down. And that's kind of the message that many of the American people hope to convey in Washington, not violence, not going to Washington to be like Antifa or BLM and other violent protesters. they're going for the very noble, righteous, just profoundly important cause of standing up for fair elections in America, for fighting fraud, and you hear this guy talking about the Constitution being upheld and losing our rights. If we can't hold on to free and fair elections, people, we don't have any rights left were done as a country. That, my very fine friends, is today's first five. So this next segment, I had been back and forth with Louis Gomer, uh, Congressman Gomer. Uh, today, he's um, they have votes going on in Washington. He's not able to join us. I just want to give you a brief update about the litigation that he filed um, and and his frustration with it. And the, the quick point is. Congressman Gohmert, uh, you know, he represents Texas, uh, a district, in fact, he's Congressional District 1. I thought that was somehow kind of profound um, in Texas. Uh, He's a Congressional, CD 1. But he's in Washington, and he's been there a long time. He's, He's a lawyer. He's been a judge. He's been a military judge. He's been an appellate court judge. He's well versed in the law. He knows the Constitution perfectly well. He, along with a couple of other people, uh, including Kelly Ward, the chair of the Arizona GOP, filed a piece of litigation in federal court in Texas, basically saying, asking the court to clarify that Vice President Pence has the authority to, when they get this meeting on January 6th, that Vice President Pence has the authority to decide about electoral envelopes, which one to open when states have sent you know, one set of electors, uh, created through the fraud of the election that was held in their state. Another set of electors the legislature sending saying, No, 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 don't listen to that. this is the real answer, trying to say that President trying to argue the point that President Trump, President Vice President Pence has authority uh, in that hearing January 6th to decide what to do with those, to, to cast out electors or not. So the battle basically was, how much power does Pence have? And so there was a battle, we talked about this last week at great length, you know, the 12th Amendment, the Constitution, uh, certainly vest, seems to vest power in him. Then there was a, a bit of uh, legislation in the 1800s, late 1800s. in. Um, uh... in washington that basically said you know um, that if you get to a situation like this where you ha- are unsettled you have a challenging situation with the electors and it seems to have been fraud this piece of legislation set up that, you know, you would have the electoral college votes, they show up in envelopes in, at the, um, in Congress, you know, that you have, they're opened by this president of the proceeding, but then you have the House and Senate. A whole procedure was created in this federal law saying basically, you know, if a House member and a senator, uh, you get two objections to any particular um uh, states electors uh... then it sets out a process you know the house goes off in caucuses the senate goes off in caucuses blah 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 on it sets up a procedure and congressman governor was trying to say that 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 law created by Congress uh, is inconsistent with the Twelfth Amendment, Then the Twelfth Amendment obviously trumps the 12th, the, anything in the Constitution, including the amendments, trumps or makes unconstitutional uh, laws passed are inconsistent with it. So that was the issue, but the point in t- leading up to this is, so Congressman Gomer filed this litigation. Uh, the district court dismissed it, the, the, which is the trial court. The highest, the, the basic lowest court at the federal court level is the district court, trial court. They dismissed it. The appellate court has dismissed it. So now the case could go to the US Supreme Court. On this very question, how much authority does any, not just vice president, but any president of the Senate have in this context of Electoral College? So that's where it sits. But I want to raise it today, before I get to the really the heart of what I want talk about today which is what it means to be a patriot and stand up today in Washington given where we are I want to share with you what Congressman Garrett was really frustrated about what he wanted to talk about today and we'll have him on sometime soon next week or so but he wants to talk about the idea that the courts are saying to the American people you have no recourse when election fraud happens when it's abundantly clear When you have now the thousands of affidavits of people laying out the fraud that they saw before their very eyes. When you have the massive fraud we all watched on election night. When you have five states simultaneously, inexplicably cut off their counting. When the states are all headed for Trump victory. And lo and behold, magically, mail-in ballots themselves the subject of, of fraud. Everyone who studies elections understands they are the primary source of election fraud. Thousands or millions of mail-in ballots come floating into these states, and lo and behold, Biden wins next morning. Who knew? Overwhelmingly, mail-in ballots were all for Biden. So this is a frustration the American people feel is that we can all watch this. We can all see the fraud that happened. And we've been through on this show many, many times all the anomalies of this election, all the reasons that anyone with a lick of common sense can figure out that Biden lost and Trump won. Anyone paying attention understands this or put the other way. Everyone paying attention understands that Trump won the election and that Biden lost and that we are watching the theft of the American presidency right before our very eyes and every single step along the way, the institutions that are supposed to protect us will not act. Now I want to ask Matt to play uh, a short interview that Congressman Gohmert gave, I'm I'm not sure when it was, Saturday or Sunday, uh, on this very topic of the courts just refusing to look at his case because all the dismissals Let me make this clear before we get to that. Sorry, Matt. One more thing. Is that you'll hear people who are big anti-Trumpers or big pro-Biden people say, I mean, well, how much more do you want? I mean, the courts are, are dismissing this. The courts are saying there was no fraud here. No court has said any such thing, my friends. Understand this. No court said any such thing. All the courts have done is dismiss these cases on procedural grounds. They won't look at the facts. Now let's play what Gohmert said over the weekend.
1: This is an example of when the institutions that our Constitution created to resolve disputes so that you didn't have to have riots and violence in the street. It's when they go wrong. There still has not been one court, state or
0: federal, that has had a an evidentiary jury hearing and allowed the
1: evidence of fraud to come in and be introduced
0: okay so there you have him talking about what i just said just you know and by the way he got a lot of flack for that one little line in there about you know that he, the courts are kind of telling people there's nothing you can do except engage in violence and you know he said he's not encouraging violence but really what strikes a lot of people is the reason that the courts will not act The reason they will not investigate what actually happened in this election cycle is because America just spent a full year watching violence in the streets, murdering of police officers, burning buildings, burning cars, smashing windows, random wild violence in America's cities, Democrat-run cities, and they, the legislators, the courts, they know perfectly well that. All of that violence was committed by the anti-Trump crowd. All that violence is owned by the left. It is the fault, it is the production, it's the creation of the Democrat Party. And these people in positions of power do not want that kind of violence turned on them, turned on their families. They're just willing to let the whole thing go to be sure they're safe from what has become the mob in america the radical leftist mob that has overtaken the democrat party is scaring people in power and they're going to decide you know what rather than be the one that challenges this "Ah, i don't think so never mind letting it go so uh, that's what he was going to say we'll have him on sometime soon congressman gohmert but i'm grateful for his bravery Um, and i assume he's going to take it to the supreme court but i don't really know is it obviously a huge emergency appeal okay and i want to talk about this kind of uh, and i i said this is really a um That's a good word. It's a litmus test. It's a bellwether. Uh, It is a just, um, it's impossible to overstate in any case, how significant this time period is in American history. And people's reaction to what we are watching in Washington is a litmus test for discernment. It is a, it, it is a bellwether, so to speak, a litmus test, are people discerning enough to understand what is happening, or are they not? To start with, Vice President Pence's role, I would tell you over the weekend, uh, there was a lot of um, kind of texting and messaging going on among conservative leaders um, you know, in Washington around the country, basically saying that the rumor was that Vice President Pence had decided that when he gets there on Wednesday, on January 6th, and he's sitting there presiding over the whole House and Senate that he had decided he was going to rule any objections to any electors out of order that he was just going to not only refuse to use whatever constitutional power he believes he had himself to say not counting these electors because there was too much fraud in that state not kind of you know he was not only saying he wasn't going to exercise his own judgment The rumor was that he was saying he was not going to allow anyone to do that, that any senator or House member spoke up and tried to object to any electors that Pence was going to rule any objection to the electors out of order. I don't know where that rumor started. Maybe it was a, you know, kind of a floating a balloon, seeing how, you know, how this flies. What the American people say. But there was, of course, outrage being expressed by the idea that the vice president was going to just repress the House members and Senate members who want to uh, object to electors. But uh, to be fair to Vice President Pence, um, he did. Um, He did issue a statement through his spokesperson basically saying he welcomes efforts by lawmakers to challenge Electoral College results in the upcoming joint session. This is a statement put out by his Chief of Staff, Mark Short. And this Mark Short statement basically is putting to rest all these rumors flying around saying that Pence wasn't even going to let the whole thing happen. He was just going to insist that Congress rubber stamp the fraudulent Electoral College votes of December 14th. So Pence is now saying to his chief of staff, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing that, I'm going to permit." Any objections, House or Senate, to any of the electors, uh, so this is good. So Pence is apparently going to do that. And there was, by the way, a great, uh, Sidney Powell had put out a statement herself just saying, you know, Pence ought to feel free to just entirely reject electoral votes from disputed states. But I'll tell you, people, I know this, I, I want to make this, um, have this discussion about where we are on this, because it's, it's bigger than just what happens on January 6th. I mean, it's huge what happens on January 6th. But what we're facing in this country, it's not just that there was a massive attempted theft of the election in America, massive attempted theft, through the combination of The usual vote fraud type things, dead people voting, people writing affidavits saying, I saw the election officials running the same set of ballots, Biden ballots, through the machines over and over and over and over and over. You know, mail in ballots magically appearing in the middle of the night, showing up at election places. Who knew? Look at this. All of a sudden, Biden won. All that kind of vote fraud was massive, unparalleled in American history. On top of that, you have the electronic manipulation of voter tabulation software. We talked about that at great length. More information coming out about that uh, very shortly, I'm I'm understanding very shortly. More information, more concrete proof. But this election tabulation software manipulation, whole new league of cheating, whole new world of potential. You've heard Sidney Powell talk about what they are aware of that it was was, uh, worked on in Venezuela to permit the re-election, this is software that is easily manipulated and and secretly manipulated to change election results while the data is sitting there in the voting machines. And you heard Sidney Powell talk about that having been created to assist Chavez in getting re-elected when the people didn't like him and didn't want him out but they couldn't get rid of him. So you have that whole element of election fraud, the, the electronic election fraud. And you have the element of foreign interference in America's elections in this election cycle. And that foreign interference in election cycle in this election cycle includes known interference. China, Venezuela, Iran, new talk about Italy. So you have foreign interference in America's elections, not just the you know, made up. A um, fantasy thing that Hillary Clinton cam- Clinton's campaign concocted during her 2016 presidential run, trying to accuse Trump of Russia collusion, which wasn't happening. It was a complete creation. a fantasy, a-, a fiction created by Hillary and enabled by her whole team who carried out her fiction. Not that kind of fake election f- interference by foreign governments, but actual provable known interference in America's elections. So you have that on the table in the 2020 election cycle. So you have vote fraud, electronic manipulation fraud, foreign interference, those three things. And the final piece, the final piece that makes it vital to fight this election fraud is the fact that in this last four years it has become obvious to many Americans that the Democrat Party, the American left, not just during the four years of Obama preceding Trump, but literally for decades before that, has been overtaken by the Marxists. That what the left intends to do to America, if they actually have the White House, the Senate, and the House, if they, if they can control all of those entities in Washington, D.C., will be the end of freedom in America. And I don't say that it's not hyperbole, it's not exaggerated, it's not, it's exactly, exactly why so many people are willing to fight so hard. You have the left already completely intolerant of religious freedom. Using the virus, the coronavirus, as a means of shutting down churches, wild, violent mob creation and and destruction, that's fine with the left. But churches or people want to gather and, and, and pray and, and sing hymns, sing praise to God, that's not okay with the left. These are very ominous signs. And so let me give you a quick litany of why so many people are so afraid of what will happen under a Biden presidency. Continued repression of freedom of religion, exaggerated growing impression, uh, uh, exp- repression of freedom of speech. You have many on the left using everything except brute force to silence anyone who speaks up against any agenda item that they have. You have you know, political correctness used to be kind of a cutesy term to use. You know, it was or was it, even don't say cutesy. It was a way of describing how leftists in government have become so, and and not just government, leftists in media, leftists in college campuses, leftists in Hollywood, have become so repressive about speech that you can't challenge anything the left believes in. You can't challenge, you can't want a secure border or else you're a xenophobe and 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 a hater and a racist and a bigot. And you can't challenge the issue of immigration policy without being called a xenophobe and a hater. You can't stand up for traditional marriage without being called a homophobe. The left has been repressing speech in this country already, but once they have all branches of government and they're advancing the idea that their ideas are the only ones that are permissible, you will find more and more repression. And a freedom of speech, very particularly including what is already done by Facebook, YouTube, and other social media outlets. You will have the left putting into place the onerous idea, the ludicrous Marxist idea of the Green New Deal, which has almost nothing to do with the environment, almost nothing, everything to do with shutting down the American free market system, shutting down the freedom of the American people to live as a free people. We've been over the Green New Deal on this show many times, and it, we can probably do it again, we're gonna have to if the left gets the power they want, but it has very, very little to do with protecting the environment. It is all about, it is a it is a flat out Marxist socialist, um, instituting Marxism and socialism as the government of America, guaranteeing jobs to all people, so that by itself is a Marxist, socialist, communist idea, guaranteeing jobs to all people, guaranteeing housing, guaranteeing free education, free health care, free, 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 which only means that it's government-controlled, government-funded, and government-funded means funded by you and me, by the actual people who work and pay taxes. This is the other reason, this fourth reason why everyone wound up about elections in America should be wound up, should stay on the offense, continue to fight this election fraud. It's the most consequential election in American history. Many people talking about the people rising up now are very similar to the people rising up at the time of the American Revolution saying, We're not putting up with this. We're not, we're going to stand up for our rights. This is how the American people are feeling watching this attempted election theft in America. So now I want to turn, now that you have that context, that context of the foreign interference, election fraud, vote fraud, and the actual Marxist intentions of today's left. Now we can turn and talk about what's going to happen in Congress, because there are two camps emerging. You have the, we're going to fight for truth in the election camp, headed up by Senator Cruz and Josh Hawley, both of them in the United States Senate, both of them willing to say, we're going to stand up and try to get to the truth of what happened this election. And then you have the surrender caucus in the Senate, headed up by Mitt Romney, Susan Collins. And you know something? If you had just said to me, there will be a group of senators who are going to say, no one should should object to any of the electors. Let's just rubber stamp the whole election. Let's never investigate election fraud. Let's never find out what happened. Let's just do our jobs and rubber stamp this election. And you asked me to guess who they were, I could have done it. I could have told you and i bet you could too if you pay attention to politics the left there so we have within i'm talking about within the republican party within the gop you have senators saying it matters in this election to get to the bottom of it cruz and others i'll mention in a moment and you have this senator mitt romney senator susan collins saying let's just cover our ears and and plug our ears and cover our eyes and pay no attention to all these crazy voices talking about election fraud let's just rubber stamp the whole dang thing and issue some statement about how noble we are because we are trying to stand in the fine tradition of the peaceful transition of power and that's all and this is what Mitt Romney tries to excuse his cowardice by saying all of the senators backing romney's position that you're just you should say nothing about election fraud what they're really saying is i found a very eloquent reason a very eloquent you know really uh, you know powerful reason to cover up for to dress up my cowardice in terms of i'm a statesman i just want to see the peaceful transition of power you know i don't want to have that things get really out of hand in america so you know our job in the Senate and the House is just to rubber stamp the Electoral College. Nothing further. Nothing further. That's all we're going to do. So you have, naturally, in the Senate, you have those two, uh, you know, Mitt Romney and the surrender squad, Susan Collins and others. Then you have Senator Cruz. And because I'm so grateful for him, I want to mention all the senators who are signing up with Ted Cruz. And by the way, we're going to get to with, with uh, Senator Cruz what he's actually proposing because it's brilliant, truly brilliant. Historically brilliant, strategically brilliant, legally brilliant. But the senators who deserve praise, along with him, Senator Tred- Ted Cruz, Gray State of Texas; Senator Ron Johnson, Wisconsin; Senator James Lankford, Oklahoma; Steve Daines, Montana; John Kennedy, Louisiana; Marshall Blackburn, Tennessee; Mike Braun, uh, Indiana; Senator-elect Cynthia Loomis, Wyoming; Senator-elect Roger Marshall, Kansas; Senator-elect Tommy Tuberville, Alabama; and Senator-elect Bill Hagerty of Tennessee. Those are the ones saying they're. going going to object on January 6th, but I want to get to what they're going to actually do because I think it was a brilliant, brilliant, and I don't know for sure, I'm going to guess this with Ted Cruz's idea, maybe a bunch of them had the idea, but going back in America's history, obviously we've had other times where there were disputed elections, you know, disputed outcomes, allegations of cheating, maybe there really was cheating, So and so they have had times where they had to face a situation, what do we do? When Electoral College meets, there is massive fraud. Everyone can see it. But the co- Electoral College meets and the Electoral College votes arrive in Washington. They arrive for the Senate and the House to review what do we do? To start with, I want to mention, in case any of your uh, friends, Republican or Democrat, are saying that, you know, this is unprecedented, it's unheard of, we never, ch- the Congress and the Senate, the Senators and the House members have no right to be doing this. To be clear, Democrats do it all the time. Do not let your democrat friends try to claim this is somehow outrageously different. When democrats don't like the election, they or the outcome, even when there's no cheating, they're happy to challenge. And they have uh, in 1969, 2001, 2005 and 2017. And in both those were times when house members objected and in 1969 and 2005, a democrat senator joined the democrat house member to force votes in both houses on whether to accept the presidential electors being challenged so Democrats have done this just shut down that argument that this is a Republican stunt unheard of in human history not true but getting to the brilliance of what Ted Cruz is suggesting instead of just saying you know let's have let's uh, allow electors to be challenged let's have House members and senators make challenges and say why they challenge it blah 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 and then we get to a vote he's actually trying to address the problem the problem I've been talking about on the show, which is nobody is willing to look at the votes. That's the problem. So Ted Cruz, I'm just going to tell you, he talks about, and this is a, a just a really important thing to understand when he's suggesting. He's not just suggesting, you know, object, on January 6th and then stomp your feet and get mad. He's saying, the most direct precedent on this question arose in 1877 following serious allegations of fraud and illegal conduct in the Hayes-Tilden presidential race. Specifically, the elections in three states, Florida, Louisiana, and South Carolina, were alleged to have been conducted illegally. In 1877, Congress did not ignore these allegations nor did the media simply dismiss them raising them as radicals trying to undermine democracy so media behaving a little better then than they are now that was my ad not not his words he says this is Ted Cruz and his team speaking his group instead Congress appointed an electoral commission an electoral commission consisting of five senators five House members and five Supreme Court justices to consider and resolve the disputed returns. He's saying, why don't we have some responsible adults in government look at the disputed returns? Why don't we have five House members, five members of the Senate, five Supreme Court justices Look at the ballots. Look at the disputed returns. He's saying, let's just follow that precedent. It's been done before. To wit, Congress should immediately appoint this is Ted Cruz, Congress should immediately appoint an electoral commission with full investigatory and fact-finding authority to conduct an emergency 10-day audit of the election returns in the disputed states. Once completed, individual states would evaluate the Commission's findings. So, this little group of 15 looks, they give the report back to the state. The individual states could evaluate the commission's findings and could convene a special legislative session to certify a change in their vote if needed. As you know, as you talked about in the show, Arizona legislators, a senator in Arizona, realizing the extent of vote fraud in his state, election fraud in his state, issued a subpoena to the Board of Supervisors in the biggest county there in Maricopa County to say we want to take a look at your machines and your ballots and Maricopa Maricopa County Board of Supervisors said no not doing that not turning them over and we've had the same thing happen we've had legislators in the extremely important states where, where this entire election will be decided you've had legislators members of the legislature legislators saying there's something wrong here. You had that Senate committee in Georgia saying that there was clearly fraud. You had the committee in Pennsylvania, that the, the legislator in Pennsylvania assessing their returns and saying, how could we have 200,000 more votes counted than votes actually cast? How could that be? So you have legislators. A little bit trying to stand up, speak up, figure out what's happening. And this system that Ted Cruz is proposing gives them the opportunity to have a neutral, non political you know, the House members and Senate members may be political, but they're sitting on this Electoral Commission and members of the Supreme Court looking at this evidence, assessing it, and then deciding and giving what they find to the state legislatures who can then review their electoral college decision. He, they say so and then and decide whether they want to certify or not. And then it goes on to say accordingly accordingly, this is Ted Cruz, accordingly we intend to vote on January sixth to reject the electors from disputed states as not regularly given and lawfully certified, which is the statutory requisite unless and until the emergency ten-day audit is completed. I just want to ask you people, for every one of you, if you think, you know, it looks like Biden won, I mean, you know, here we are, we're so close to inauguration day, maybe we should just let it go. The reason we shouldn't let it go are the four reasons I mentioned earlier, the four observations about this election cycle. But even if you think, If you are a leftist, if you're a Democrat, or you're a Republican who thinks that Biden won, but you recognize huge numbers of Americans believe that the election was fraudulent, why wouldn't you want this to happen? If the elections were clean, if there was nothing wrong, or if only minor mistakes, and or minor errors or minor fraud that would not have changed the election outcome. Why not do this? Why not have this happen? Go ahead and look, let them look at it. And if they conclude, you know what? Nothing to see here, everything's fine. You know at least you've had a neutral party, a neutral entity, this electoral commission that Ted Cruz is suggesting, you've had somebody look at it and assess what the people are talking about. There's no legitimate, Reason not to do this. I will tell you um, on our um, website, um, We have a blog, and I think I forgot to um, put on the blog. Um, uh, excuse me, I forgot to put in my show uh, email today. You know, if you listen to the show all the time, you know. If you go to our website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org, on the homepage under shows, drop-down list of links, you can. We always put up. You know, what we talked about today, we talked about so you can read the articles yourself, you read the articles I've been reading, you can read these. We had a great blog piece up. Uh, It was directed to Vice President Pence, just said, VP Pence, please be Winston, not Neville. Referring to the era in a in, in world history in the UK, when you had Neville Chamberlain, you know, steaming back, flying back into England with great news. He had found peace in our times. He made a deal with uh, the Nazis. He was going to let them have that little tiny bit of land, you know, that we don't really care about anyway, Sud- Sudetenland. I can't sure pronounce it correctly, but told them they could have that, and then 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 uh, it, he's uh, then, then Hitler going to stop. And Winston Churchill, not in power at the time, is saying, you know what, no, this Hitler guy is bad. This Hitler guy is dangerous. There's something really, really wrong, really dangerous, really insecure here, really we should be worried about. And because Neville Chamberlain did not stand up against Hitler as he rose to power, and as he obviously continued, as world history now tells us, continued his march and capture of country after country uh, in the European continent, more lives were lost, more families destroyed, more death, more destruction, and the war dragged out. Had And how different things would have been had Winston Churchill been in office, and Winston Churchill been the prime minister. And Winston Churchill, at the time when Hitler's saying, Just let me have a little piece of land, I promise I'll go home, uh, Winston Churchill would recognize the danger then. And he tried to warn the people of the, of the world and of England then, this, We, we got to stop him now. And I know that everyone hates analogies to Hitler and all of that. But I will say, what we're watching in America. But we're watching the left having become an America. We're watching the Marxist takeover of the Democrat Party. We're watching every proposal they have is for massive increase of government power, massive reduction of human freedom, massive reduction of personal protections for our freedoms as the Constitution spells out. The left is about control over your life. And the point I'm making, and the reason I'm saying it is, the time to stop the left is now. This is the other reason so many people are fighting, because the time to stop the left is now. Do not let them get four years with, and it won't be Biden because he's seen now. It'll be Harris and whoever else is running the show. It'll be it'll be leftist control over the White House, the Senate, and the House. And on top of that. Every shred of investigation of election fraud will be dropped on January 21st if Biden is inaugurated. We will never have another fair election in this country. We'll never have faith in our election system again. We'll never have control over and the fair elections Americans believe they have been guaranteed under the Constitution of the United States of America. That's why Americans are fighting, and that's why we want Pence to be strong on that day. He's saying he's going to be. We want the Ted Cruz's of the world to be strong on that day. We want them to stand up. We want them to recognize that this this is our Hill to die, and we're going to at least do everything we can to expose the fraud. And it, it, to be very clear, what Congressman Gohmert is doing, what Ted Cruz is doing, uh, what the leaders in the House are doing in terms of fighting election fraud, they're not fighting to overturn the election. They're fighting for a fair election and the accurate result of the 2020 elections to be recognized. and that as everyone paying attention already understands, was a Donald Trump landslide victory. There is, by the way, I want to mention briefly and this, I'll probably come to it again another day, but I'm about out of time here. But uh, there's a congressman uh, in the U.S. House. uh, So to be clear, so the Senate has, you know, Cruz, and others standing up for, we have to get to the truth. Romney, the capitulation crowd, can we please just surrender now? Trying to sound noble. All they're really saying is they're cowards and scared to death, and they won't stand up for truth. They won't fight. Even in these circumstances, they won't fight. House side, Republicans have a similar thing going. Uh, Jim Jordan, numerous other House members, I think is up to over 100 now, have said they're going to object. So the House members have quite a few um, uh, people who are going to object, and the House also has a small contingency of Republicans uh, who've put out a statement. They're kind of the Romneys of the U.S. House. We're not quite there on Tierney yet, but we have the, the, um, the parallel to the Romney-Susan Collins people in the Senate. The GOP parallel in the House uh, has a group of I don't know ten or twelve um, House members who are putting the same kind of Romney-like thing out, saying you know let's just surrender now, you know let's just no, we trying to sound noble that they're really defending the Constitution. All they're really saying is they don't want to fight, they're not up for the fight. And sadly, one of the people I've most respected in the U.S. House, Chip Roy, who's been on the show numerous times, who for whom I've hosted fundraisers, I've gone to fundraisers. You know, I, I, and for whatever reason, Chip Roy is, is lining up with Mitt Romney and the other surrender squad Republicans, the other moderate Republicans, and saying we can't fight election fraud. We just have to let the fraud go. We have to let it go. And I got to tell you, people can't do that. We can't do it. I'm very, very disappointed. I've you know been a little bit in touch with that office. I'm not sure. Um, why he feels so strongly the need to surrender. But there is it's just a great disappointment um, that uh, congressman, otherwise of great and strong moral caliber, uh, Chip Roy, usually pretty solidly conservative, um, is in the surrender squad mode. He's just, uh, he he may hear all sorts of proof of election fraud. He understands everything that you, my listeners, understand, that we understand as we read. He understands there was massive election fraud. He understands our state legislators trying to fight back about it. He understands we're only beginning to uncover the scope of intentional foreign interference and electronic interference. He understands all that and still the answer of Chip Roy and others in the house is we just should surrender. I, I think it it's just a um it's it's a It's a dereliction of your duty. It's a dereliction of your commitment to the Constitution to say we're just going to let America get stolen by the leftists who try to steal this election. But more on that later. Uh, One last quick story, just the quickest of story on the the House side. So if you wanted a little bit taste of uh, the tyranny to come, so Nancy Pelosi, by the way, barely squeaked by winning the House. She's going to be a Speaker of the House again by this much. I mean, she barely, barely, barely squeaked through. So she's not popular, but she won the speaker role. Um, And one of the first things they did, given everything facing America, everything facing the world, is begin to talk about the new rules they are going to have in place that are gender neutral. So, meaning... You're not supposed to say daughter, son, father, mother, sister, brother. You're not supposed to use uh, words like that that carry the assumption that there are two genders. That they're going to use gender-neutral language and eliminate all of this, you know, um, uh, gendered terms—father, mother, son, daughter—and you know, on one level, it's just like the most pathetic. Of all the things to be standing up for, election fraud, you know, uh, getting America back to work, stop the tyranny that has happened under COVID. I mean, all the big issues we could be facing in this world, this is one of the first things the House did is to go for this, you know, we're going to regulate speech, and whether you say father or say person, everyone is person and child. It can't be son, daughter, mom, dad, brother, sister. But the other thing about this, besides the lunacy of that, is this. It's just a little taste, just a little like step one toward understanding how leftists think about their power and how much they think it should be able to control you. This is a, you know, I don't know how it's going to be enforced in the house, if you're going to to be called out of order. If you say daughter or mother, whether that you'll get called out of order, I don't know how it'll be enforced. But this is, they're making a rule. A rule whether you, what words you can say. This is flat out Marxist speech control. And once this becomes the norm, and everyone knows in Washington, you no longer say those bad words like mother and father and sister and brother and daughter and son, you know, it'll be the next step will be uh, evidence uh, being presented by how extremely upsetting it is for the LGBTQ community and the transgender transgender advocates that someone in public said the word she, and that was offensive to me because after all, what does she mean? You talk about speech control, you think it's just a silly point I'm making, you've already had teachers fired from their jobs. Teachers in public schools in America fired for their jobs for not using gender neutral and I don't even know what the words are, ters or whatever they are, made up words that mean nothing. And it's not really so much, I mean it's bad enough that there is that tyranny of language, but the worst thing is, these people think it's their job, that as People who've been elected to serve in office, it's their job to tell other Americans what words you can use and what words you cannot use, and how much—and you might be in trouble if you use the words that they have said you're not allowed to use. This is how they think. They think they've been elected to control you. Tiny little step one little thing but trust me if these looney tune people continue to have power it will not be just a suggested rule it will be something with consequence and it will grow because it is this is so indicative of the mindset of people on the left they think they're there to control you to tell you how to speak how to live where to live what you can do and this is where america's headed one last reason to be on the team that is fighting to expose election fraud and oust the fraud from America. At the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So, we started our happy show today. Um, I sent these to Matt the Wonderful, yeah, okay. So we started the show today. Um, We didn't have Louis Gohmert join us, although I was hoping he could. We started with Patriots Rising Up Fighting Fraud. Everyone knows this election is in the process of being stolen. Everyone seriously paying attention knows the steal is not about determining whether R or D is in the White House. The steal is in pursuit of a radical leftist overthrow of the American Constitutional Republic. There's no excuse for patriot lawmakers failing to see the stakes and failing to stand in support of their oath to defend the Constitution. Pence may be ready to stand up. 400 ex-intelligence officials are standing up to investigate, yet every relevant American institution, FBI, DOJ, SCOTUS, and virtually every elected official have failed to face and stand up to the fraud. All that is left is we, the people. The gathering of we, the people, on January 6 will be historic, breathtaking, and they we are not going away until justice is done and on Gomert and no election fraud recourse dismissal of Gomert's lawsuit to force vp fence pence to act to disqualify fraudulent electors is yet another example of american institutional collapse dismissal on the basis of standing as you, know, as you heard Gohmert say, if he doesn't have standing, who would? Judges are not allowing anyone or anything in America to have standing to challenge election fraud and or will not look at the evidence. This cannot be the right result if government expects people to peacefully accept election results. Failure of institutions leaves only we the people. This is how revolutions are triggered. The evidence of election fraud is massive, overwhelming and growing every day. But no one in an official decision-making capacity will look at the evidence. No one who has looked at the evidence has offered a substantive rebuttal. Senator Cruz's bipartisan commission is a reasonable and potentially violence-avoiding solution. Will enough House and Senate members see it? And Cruz's truth mission versus Romney's election dereliction Senator Ted Cruz brilliantly piggybacked on the 1877 historical precedent to outline a bipartisan solution. Appoint a commission to look at the damn evidence. No judge has looked at the merits of the evidence of fraud. Every judge who has dismissed a legal challenge has done so on preliminary grounds. No standing. Too early. Too late. Why wouldn't Biden and the Dems want a full audit to validate the integrity of the result? Everyone knows the answer. Contrast Cruz's courage with Mitt Romney and, sadly, Chip Roy. The radical left has made their agenda clear. Denial of that agenda or believe the institutions or checks and balances will stop it in the face of the last four years of their warm-up actions is transparently foolish. Only modern-day Neville Chamberlains can miss the calling of the times. Can they still wake up? The American people must stop this steal, And House speech tyranny is just step one. America in January 2021 faces election fraud, irrational pandemic lockdowns, rising small business failures, dramatically rising violent crime rates, government spending unimaginably out of control, and the U.S. House under Pelosi makes a top priority to ban use of, of offensive pronouns. This is fundamentally unserious government, yet it is profoundly serious in its tyrannical and totalitarian leaning, speech, and thought control in the U.S. Congress, where every member swears to uphold the First Amendment right to free speech. I don't think so. And that, my very fine friends, is American Can We Talk for today. Thank you so much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time.
1: America Can We Talk Truth About America